The people I would have avoid Africa are blonde women. I've had huge problems with blonde women all throughout Africa. Wow. Welcome to See Africa, Breathe Africa, a weekly podcast made to bring the continent closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri. In this episode, they're sitting together in a grass-thatched hut on the shores of Lake Bunyoni, Uganda. See Africa, breathe Africa. To answer the most fundamental of all traveler questions, why choose Africa for your travels and why not, we've assembled Albert Podell, who's been to every country in the world and wrote a bestseller about that, Francis Tappan, who has visited all African countries and climbed the highest peak in 50 of them, Dalila N., who is a Kigali-based media buying strategist with traveling experience from 10 African countries, and our good old Marcus Westberg, who is photographed all around this continent. In the show notes, you'll find very interesting interviews with three of our guests. Don't miss it. Yeah, 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 here we go. Welcome to this conversation. We're gonna talk about our sweet location. So grab a coffee and your headphones. And on this trip, you must come along. Cause we see Africa, breathe Africa, and see Africa, yeah. Have a proud New Yorker. First time I've heard of him, but uh, as far as I can tell, he's got so many stories as well. So please welcome Mr. Albert Padell. And then from the other end of the United States, a man who's traveled Africa's greatest heights. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's our delight that Mr. Francis Tapon brings a story that excites him. Marcus Westbrook and his photographic lens He's a favorite of all our Swedish friends He's seen Africa in all her curves and bends A colorblind master of the calm From the beginning to the end <laughs> And last but not least We have Dalila Mysterious daughter of Burundi and Rwanda Marketing all over the land of Africa So you wonder Why not promote Mama Africa herself When we see Africa And breathe Africa And see Africa When we see Africa And breathe Africa And see Africa Yeah In our 2021 productions we really felt we weren't gender balanced enough right. yeah so we're extremely excited to have the lila chipping in straight from rwanda making everything even more interesting than usually you already heard a different beginning we are definitely experimenting with a couple of new approaches but the point of what we are doing remains 
promoting responsible tourism in our part of Africa, the Gorilla Highlands region, shared by Rwanda, Uganda and the DRC. But then again, today we are again a little bit different because we are reaching further. Yeah. Kahiri, what, what do you feel about this whole idea of trying to of trying to present the whole continent while we are just two simple local men who haven't been anywhere? Who haven't been anywhere? <laughs> We're discovering, along with the rest of the world, first of all, that Africa is not just one country with one type of people even some of us who are here don't know about the other side of africa where it is so um i'm excited about the idea of africans talking about africa you know from our own perspectives so to speak yeah and broadening also our own horizons like personally really honestly i've just been to the eastern slash central part of the continent plus a quick work- workshop in South Africa. I mean, you, Kahir, you can at least add a little bit of a, a South African experience. You studied there, right? I did study there. I was there for four years. Yeah, what an eye-opening experience. A whole other land, you know, for just, like enchantment from beginning to end. Yeah, so you're better than me in that regard. <laughs> However... I spoke a bit of Zulu, like I said, Saubona, Konunjani. However, compared to you, Kahili, I do have friends from around the world who've seen everything. <laughs> so I just tap into my global network. Our Al is famous for visiting each and every country in the world, so probably Africa was just a part of the mission, right, Al? Or do you have like any personal um, preference for this continent after experiencing them, them all? Oh, I, I have several strong preferences for Africa, yes. Okay. Want to know what they are? We would love to. I mean, <laughs> we are holding our breath right now. <laughs> that is the real story there. Like, like, like a grandfather, like a grandfather at, at the fireplace. We're and then he starts and then he says, Do you really want to hear it? Yes, granddad. <laughs> We're all sitting down, settling. Uh, all right. Africa has the uh, best wildlife of any continent in the world. Africa generally has the least expensive prices. African people are the most appreciative of small things. For me, Africa has the second most tasty food in the world after uh, Asia. And it has the most variety of countries with 54, or maybe it's 55. For instance, if you go to Central or South America, 90% of those countries were Spanish colonies. So they're all the same. The food's the same, the people talk the same. But in uh, Africa, you have former British colonies, German colonies, French colonies, mixed colonies like Cameroon. You have everything. You have the Arab countries up north. So it's tremendous, tremendous variety of people. So very strong reasons for going to Africa. The dangers or reasons for not going to Africa are it has more deadly diseases than any continent and poorer hospitals. It has horrible plane service. I mean, sometimes I've had to fly entirely across the country to get to the country next to the one that I want to go to. Another reason, you have more wars and bandits in Africa than any continent. And uh, African people tend to have a tendency to not plan ahead. Because of the conditions under which they live, they live day to day. 
and not planning ahead as a style of life can be very frustrating for someone from the West. You nailed it. I, I, I was waiting to like protest for one of those ones, but I was just every time I was just thinking, yep, nailed it. Yep, that's it. Yep. Uh, ever about 10 years ago, they formed a single African air transport market. And that has tried to unify the disparate thing. And so that what Al was saying, which is, you know, true, but that was true maybe many years ago. Now things have gotten dramatically better so that you don't have to fly to across the continent to go to your neighboring country. So I think that's one thing that I would say is is one quibble that I would say that it's not as bad as it used to be. And the second thing regarding that I would also push back on a bit is that there are civil wars of problems and things like that in Africa. Of course there are. Uh, there are problems in Asia right now and sometimes even in Latin America. But, but those problems, given the size of the continent, it, they're so isolated and so rare. I went from uh, Uganda all the way to Central African Republic by car and didn't have any problems at all so there and there's i drove all over africa i spent uh, nearly seven years traveling to every single african country over land and never took a plane almost anywhere unless to get to the island nations and so i theoretically would have run into some of these hot spots and they definitely exist but they're so remote and so rare that they're easy to avoid uh with all due respect I disagree. For instance, when I crossed the CAR, I ran into 38 independent checkpoints that were set up by underemployed army officers, and every one of them shook me down and would not let the bus on which I was traveling go forward unless I gave them a bribe. Yes, uh, and and by the way, I I went. To, I was even. I even have a worse story for you for the Central African Republic. I went through Cameroon and just a little bit into the western part of Central African Republic, and they had just burned down a bunch of villages. And I was driving through these things, and I got to the first checkpoint, which I expected to be a normal government office, but the villagers who had lived there had chased out the authorities, and so they were they were just plain clothes people who were looking at my passport. Just going, let's say, from Benin to Lagos, which is not that far, maybe about 40, 50 kilometers, there's about at least a dozen checkpoints. Checkpoints are just a norm. But that's very different, I would say, than all-out war and a war zone, which some people, I know, Al, you didn't mean that necessarily in the sense that, but some people listening to this who've never been to Africa or have very little experience, they might be visualizing some war zone that they got to dodge bullets to go through. And that is actually exceedingly rare. I, I, I would... Yeah, sorry, if I can just interject, and, and because as I think, in, you know, I, I agree with what both of you are saying, but, but I also think for your, you know, for our average listener, these are not the countries that they would be going to. So I think, you know, what I would say comparing Africa to, for example, South America in terms of safety, is that Africa is more easily divided into areas that are pretty much as safe as you're going to get, um, as long as you, you know, behave with um, a reasonable uh, amount of common sense. And then there are areas like Central African Republic, for example, which I'm going to in about three weeks. So I'm glad to be hearing all these stories. Unlike most of us, Al has been visited this continent for a number of years. Al, could you give us some historical perspective on your travels? All right. I visited Africa 15 or 16 times over 50 years, and I often had to wait 
many decades until the war stopped. Okay, and just as a contrast to that, I went in the 2010s, that decade, um, so basically a few years ago, and I went to all 54 African countries over five years, nonstop, never left the continent, and I visited every single one of those countries and never had to you know, put off a country because it was in war zone. And people who are listening to this podcast right now are people who are thinking about going in 2022 or beyond. And I, I'm just trying to say that the level of insecurity has vastly improved in the last 50 years. Can we agree as a compromise position that anyone planning to go to Africa would do well to check the United States Department of State warning list about which countries to not travel to? No, I don't agree. Sorry, because they tend to be a bit overly conservative. And you know this better than I do, I'm sure. Right. They are. They are. I'm obviously not as well traveled as Al or Francis or Marcus. I'm just I mean, I've, I've lived in Africa all my life. I've, I've never dodged a bullet once yet. Isn't what we're talking about? Um, I want you... to I want to interrupt. Wait, 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 wait. I, I want to interrupt. It's a very like we need to be unbiased here. And I need to tell you that last night I spent at the home of Kahiri and he warned me before entering to be careful that there was a night watchman with bows and arrows. So, he's talking... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, there is that. Okay. But so, I mean, if I was traveling to the USA, I mean, wouldn't it be fair for someone to tell me that there's parts of the USA, like you don't just go walking through downtown Boston or Harlem or somewhere because you're probably going to get shot at. As a, as a tourist, if I'm going to the USA, I can't say I'm scared of going to the USA because I've been stories about some guy walked into the mall and sprayed bullets. Um, wouldn't it be the same kind of thing when you say that it, it's generally dangerous. So my brother lives in Chicago right now, and and the point is is that there were 730 murders uh, the previous in about two years ago or so. But of course, what the State Department does is that they say, okay, well in Ethiopia right now there's a problem in Tigray region, so don't go. But of course, Ethiopia is an enormous country, as you know, and you can go to southern Ethiopia and be far from Tigray and and not have any of the issues. When the Ebola broke out in 2014 or so, then people right. were cautioned not to go to South Africa, which is farther away from the Ebola crisis than Europe. If we just take the example of our region, the Gorilla Highlands, there is no place in Uganda that you cannot go right now. It's safe. Rwanda, a symbol of stability. And then when you go to the eastern part of Congo, yes, you need to be smart about that. So. On average, that would probably be the situation around the continent. You have very stable countries, you have very stable areas. You just need to be wise about when you go and where you go. Would you agree, Al, that the average person listening to this and is thinking about going on a, you know, to a gorilla safari or going to Kenya to go on a safari or go to Egypt to see the pyramids? I mean, that's the typical traveler who's going to be listening to this. They're not going to be going like you and me to some, you know, godforsaken part of Africa that nobody likes to go to. So would you agree that for that type of traveler, that Africa is safe? Uh, no. Okay. Let me me ask you, have any of you ever traveled with an attractive woman in Egypt? I have a friend of mine who traveled to, to, to Egypt and she actually went alone and she's a lady and she didn't encounter anything like that. 
Yeah, but was she attractive? <laughs> She's very. <laughs> then that's the joke for today. <laughs> All right, I, again, I've had I've had many women companions who leave my campsite. They go for a run, and when they come back, they tell me five guys pinched them or patted them on the ass. But would that would that not happen like in other parts of the world? Is this like a unique thing? And how how dangerous does that get? And also, when did that happen? What year? I, I I have not encountered that in Central or South America, in the United States, uh, in Europe. But it happens very often. In uh, it happens a lot in the North African countries. Okay, I did go travel uh, with an attractive woman throughout North Africa, and she never had any of those problems. And again, that was in 2018, 2017. So I'm not sure if your experiences happened much earlier than that when uh, these social norms were different. Or it could just be that my women had a better butt than your woman. That could be. Well, well, well. It's time for the voice to step in. Our youngsters have pushed against the grandfather, as it should be. It's a paradox that the most traveled man on the podcast is also the one that's the most cautious about travel. The background, character, and the preferences of a person planning to pay Africa a visit are indeed a very important element to consider, as is the continent's massive size and its amazing contrasts. See Africa, Breed Africa is made in the Gorilla Highlands, in the luxuriant heart of the continent, where altitudes above 1,000 meters or 3,000 feet guarantee remarkably pleasant temperatures. This is why Europeans colonize the eastern side of Africa much more enthusiastically than the western shores. And yet, East Africa also includes the hot and humid cities of Mombasa and Dar es Salaam, right on the Indian Ocean. A similar pattern defines West Africa. Close to the Atlantic Ocean, life is sweaty, and the jungle rules. But once you move into the interior, the dry desert of the Sahel awaits you. To the north, the Sahara is much more extreme. If you imagine sand dunes, you'll be disappointed, as these are rare. It's mostly rocky areas interrupted by an occasional oasis. High temperatures during the day can fall to viciously low numbers by night, especially in the mountains. Let's use one country from the region to give you an idea about Africa's true size, usually distorted on a geographical map. You could fit most of Western Europe into Algeria alone. And then there's the southern point of the continent. Southern Africa has the most temperate climate. It's Africa's breadbasket and the agricultural powerhouse. The Republic of South Africa is almost as big as two Texases put together. Within these almost unimaginable dimensions and contradictions, it's obvious that you'll find wild variation. Conflict and peace, mud huts and the pyramids, the African penguin and mountain gorillas. So what kind of traveler will enjoy these bounties the most? Who would our guests recommend Africa to? Uh, I personally would recommend everybody, but they should just ask the locals. And if someone is not feeling safe enough, they can go through agencies like he has agency (laughs) (laughs) and get information before traveling. Because all of us, if we just go into a country without any information, we will definitely be at risk. I was in Asia. Um, you were talking about 
being touched on the butt, but I was in Asia and people were touching it, wanted to touch me anyhow because I have different hair, because I have different shape, because I have different skin tone, something that they have not seen. And I wasn't prepared for that because I, I, I had to go there impromptu. But if I was to go there for tourism, eventually I would educate myself, I'll try to gather information for me to adapt easily to who they are and their culture. And, and preferably not have a nice butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I have a nice butt or a big butt. I, I, I literally have like a normal, tiny... <laughs> <laughs> lucky you. Lucky you. So many times your life has been saved without you knowing. I think my, my advice may, bias, may, may be a little bit biased, but whoever will enjoy the fun, definitely enjoy Africa. Sometimes it's a barrier for other people who haven't who haven't been in that. That is also very true. I spent the last two weeks in Kampala, sweating and melting. I'm back to 2,000 meters above sea level, enjoying the cold, but we are not made the same. And for different people, different parts of Africa. Right. I would say that people who should go to Africa are people who are either adventure seekers who like to go off the beaten track, who have kind of tied, you know, they've done Europe, they've done uh, maybe United States or other, you know, developed countries or East Asia, that kind of stuff. And they just want to see something a little bit different. Number two, and this is a big one, uh, is, is nature lovers versus city lovers. So in other words, I would think that somebody who really adores nature would love Africa because Africa is like the opposite of Europe. Europe doesn't have much good nature. It's, everything is very cookie cutter and perfect versus Africa's nature is much more raw for the most part. Yes, you have the, the nice high-end safaris, but a lot of it is still pretty raw. And that's wonderful for a nature lover. And Europe has great cities and Africa cities generally are not that great. And they're generally unattractive. You've got exceptions. You've got like Kigali in Rwanda, which is you know a beautiful city. And there's a few other ones out there. I'm right now in, in Dakar in Senegal, and it's a, it's a pretty nice city. But when you compare it to Europe, sorry, it just completely loses. And so, but their nature is where you excel. And the third thing that somebody who should go is somebody who's a patient traveler, who's who's really ready to deal with imperfection. That kind of echoes what Al was saying. And the fourth thing is maybe budget travelers. And I say maybe because Africa is, is kind of a strange place in the sense that you can easily spend, it can easily be far more expensive than any other destination in the world. At the same time, if you if you know how to, you can eat for less than a dollar, you know, for a dollar per meal, and you can uh, you can stay at a hotel that's less than ten dollars a night. I would probably say that I mean, first of all, you know, there's a, there's a few different types of travel that become very important to distinguish between if we're talking about Africa, right? Because if you have a lot of money, you can see a lot in a fairly short amount of time. In uh, and I'm, I'm generalizing now, sort of East, Central, Southern Africa. Um, if you don't have a lot of money, that's fine. But Africa doesn't have the kind of infrastructure that Europe or Southeast Asia has, which largely caters to um, tourist destinations. Right. So if you go to Thailand, you can take a comfortable air-conditioned bus that will take you to pretty much anything that's of interest to tourists. And it's not going to cost you very much and it's not going to be that inconvenient. Um, in a lot of Africa, that's that's just not the case. Like most of the public transport goes between cities. So if you can't afford to rent a car or if you're not there long enough to, to buy a car um, or you don't have a friend who has a car and you need to sort of get around on your own, if you don't have the money, you're going to need time. Things do happen, um, you, know, you know, delays occur, I think, at least in my experience, more in Africa than in most other places I've been to. 
and where you lose a day, you lose two days. So, you know, I think you, you do sort of have a choice to make. And, and those two choices, like the, the more money, less time, or the more time, less money, that will also determine quite a lot of other things. Um, you know, because if you're going in on, on a high-end or even sort of mid-range organized tour, things like eating um, preferences aren't going to be that much of a problem because everything's going to be organized for you anyway. Um, you know, for, for me, Africa is a great place to explore independently. And, and it just, it's just a little bit slower to, to get from A to B sometimes, which is part of the fun. I wanted to add something that I find particularly important. <clears throat> People who are into cultures should be really really happy in Africa because we have an unbelievable collection of really distinct cultures like probably you know that compared to Africa the rest of the world is pretty boring because the variety even of DNA in this continent and everything that comes from different peoples and cultures is incredible so if you are into culture this is definitely a place to go It's sometimes erased, it's, some, it's sometimes pushed aside because of what colonialists or missionaries did, but still probably no better place in the world to have a cultural experience. Maybe another group of people who might really enjoy traveling in Africa is people who are in need of attention, you know? Let's say that the country where you came from you're not particularly <laughs> scoring you know in the 90s um so the lonely hearts and everything you know your batting average goes up quite significantly because african people are just like they they, they do admire foreigners and you know you, you know um gary when i was when i was 19 i moved to mexico for a while And I wasn't a bad-looking kid, you know, so it wasn't that I had low self-esteem when I when I went there. But I, I've been living in Belgium for five years, and it's not the most expressive country in the world. And I lived in Guadalajara, and I had, like, you know, just women driving by in cars who would, like, cat whistle at me and honk the horn. And my, my self-confidence rose so much during the months that I was in Mexico, so I right? totally agree with you. So, Marcus, it's not because you're a photographer. Okay, okay, I'm just like... I just got it now. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, on your basic question, somehow the word enjoy has slipped into the conversation. People are saying, who would enjoy going to Africa? Let's take another perspective, which is take out the word enjoy. Who would benefit from going to Africa? And I would say almost every person in the world would benefit from going to Africa because when they compare it to their society, they realize that they are very well off in comparison to many average African people in terms of economy, food, transportation, health. It's hard to get those people to travel, but they would really learn a huge amount and uh, stop complaining about things back home if they went to Africa. Huh. Good point. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I would say that it really allows you to appreciate simplicity and those small things in life that actually matter. Yeah. I, th I would go one step further. I agree with Hal uh, for once. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but in the sense that it's not just that they that Africans, what the real wake-up call is the fact that you see many Africans living with far less material means than us and being happier 
than many right. Americans. That's the real wake-up call. That's the slap in the face. That's right. the thing that's going to wake up people is the fact that they are actually more fulfilled and happy than you with all your cars and air conditioning and, and perfect roads and good health care and schools and whatever. And that, to me, is what is really educational. So I agree with Al 100%. You're absolutely right. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure having you guys. I've laughed. I've enjoyed myself. It's always nice to hear um, people talk about things that you probably don't think about too much because they are every day. It's like breathing the air. And then, you know, somebody else takes notes of it, either as a special thing or as a very unsightly thing. Um, I've learned a lot. And so from us here at Sea Africa, Breathe Africa, I'd like to leave you with this song. It says, Jambo Sana which you can literally interpret as I greet you very much. One of the oldest, most popular East African songs. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it goes like this. Jambo, Jambo Buana, Abarigani, Muzuri Sana, Wageni, Wakaribisha, East Africa Yetu, Hakuna Matata. And I'm sure everybody knows Hakuna Matata now because Disney made it famous 25 years ago, so yeah. Africa yetu hakuna matata. Uganda yetu hakuna matata. Rwanda yetu hakuna matata. Tanzania yetu hakuna matata. Congo yetu hakuna matata. Hey, hey. Jambo, Jambo Bwana. Abarikani, muzuri sana Wageni, wakaribisha Mustafika yetu, hakuna matata Why would you miss even one episode of such a thought-provoking show? Ni wobo ndi kwenda runyase gwangunga Yutachi gwamnyinya iweru raramamba Follow us on Apple Podcasts by pressing the plus button at the top. Or on Spotify, you should simply tap follow under the podcast title. We record with a live Zoom audience every Tuesday and publish the episodes by the weekend.